Well, thank you for showing that video. Um, it's great to see you all out here this evening. My name is Caleb. I'm a member here at Ritual Presbyterian. I'm also the ministry apprentice, and that meant I had the joy and privilege um, of helping out with the ambassador's camp um, this week. So we're just going to quickly talk about um, the video, um, what we were learning from that this week, and then we're going to get um, um, into the study of Matthew chapter 21 of the passage that we read earlier. Uh, during the week, uh, there was really three themes from the Bible that, that we were focusing on at camp. And the first theme that we, that we were thinking about on Tuesday was about how Christians, about how God's people are to be careful to obey God's commands, how we need to be careful to obey God's commands. And we, we saw something similar um, in the video, didn't we? Where Footy and his football team, well, they needed to be careful to listen to Mr. Gabba. They needed to be careful to, to listen to the coach. And when they listened and when they played as he had asked them, well, things went really well. They were winning all their games. They were top of the league. But whenever they didn't listen, well, they started dropping points. They started drawing some games and losing some games as well. So that's what we were thinking about the first night, about how God's people are called to, to be careful to obey his commands. And then on Wednesday night, we were thinking about how sin has bad consequences, how sin has bad consequences, how sin needs to be punished, and how the punishment for sin is actually death. And we saw here how, how when going their own way, well, Footy and his team, well, it didn't go well for them at all. They put their trust in themselves, and it really, really backfired for them, didn't they? Instead of going to the, the top of the league, well, they, they were dropping places. Footy, well, he... He got a red card. He thought he could do things his way rather than Mr. Gabba's way. And that reminds us about sin. Maybe the guys at the front will remember what we said about sin, that sin is anything we think, anything we say, anything we do our way instead of God's way. It's when we trust in ourselves rather than in God, and the punishment for that is death. You see, there's bad consequences for sin. And then on, on Thursday evening, we looked at our third theme, uh, and that was about how, as Christians, we need to be different to the world around us. We need to live differently to the world around us. That was similar to how, how Footy and his football team, well, they were to be different to the football teams around them. Even though when they played, they saw that every other football team seemed to have a captain, well, they were to be different, weren't they? See, things were a lot better when they followed Mr. Gabba, when they didn't have their own captain. Even though it was strange, well, it worked for their team. It was what made them top of the league. But as soon as they wanted to be like everyone else, as soon as they wanted that captain, well, things didn't go too well at all. So really quickly recap from what we learned from the video and what we were thinking about this week were the three themes about how we need to be careful to obey God's commands how sin has consequences, and the punishment for sin being death. And we were thinking about how Christians are to, to live differently to the world. And so then tonight we come to our, our fourth and final theme. We come to Matthew 21. And we see that theme. It's really a theme we, we've touched on throughout the whole week at camp. And it's this. It's that Jesus is 
the true and better king. That Jesus is the true and better king. You see, Jesus is the king who saves. He is the king who loves us. And he is the king who helps us. He is the true and better king. Now, having been given this theme to, to talk about a few weeks ago, my mind was drawn to this passage in Matthew 21, this passage about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Now, this passage, it takes our, our minds back to the events that happened at Easter week, where at the end of this week, Jesus would go to die on a cross uh, and later be resurrected, later come back to life. So now as we come to think about, about this passage, which we read earlier, and we see many ways that Jesus is completely different to the other kings and Roman leaders of his time. And we see many ways in which Jesus is completely different to the kings and the leaders in the world of our time as well. In, in this passage, we see clearly how Jesus is a true and better king. Now, as you think about this passage briefly tonight, there's really two main things I want us to see. We don't have time to, to get into all of the passage, but there's really two things that we can see. Well, we firstly see that Jesus, the true and better king, well, he is a humble king. And we see that Jesus, the true and better king, brings salvation to his people. He brings salvation to his people. He's a humble king, and he's the king that brings us salvation. Firstly, then, let's think about how Jesus is the humble king. Now, there are a number of ways in the first few verses of this passage where we see Jesus show us his humility. And his humility is most clearly seen when Jesus decides to ride into Jerusalem, not on a horse or chariot to show off his power, but he chooses to ride in on a donkey, on the lowest of animals. There's no showing off, there's no boasting by Jesus, but there's a clear display of humility. He shows us he is humble. Now, imagine your favorite footballer has somehow just announced that he's going to come and visit Rich Hill next week. He's going to make his way down to Rich Hill Recreation Center and visit all his fans in the village. Now, how would you imagine that footballer would arrive, firstly in Northern Ireland, but how would they arrive into Rich Hill? By car? By car? Well, I think he, firstly he'd fly over in a plane, wouldn't he, from, from England or whatever country he's, he's in. He'd fly over probably in a big expensive private jet. And then when he, when he got to, to the airport, I don't think he'd use the TransLink bus to get down to Rich Hill or, or the Enterprise train to get into Portadown. I think they'd probably have a nice fancy shiny car waiting there for him, wouldn't he? Maybe have one of the most expensive cars in the country. And he'd probably even have a chauffeur, someone to drive the car for him so he could just sit in the back and relax. And when he finally arrived into Rich Hill, well, we'd all be talking among ourselves. We'd all be speaking about how amazing this footballer is. We'd all agree that this footballer is rich and famous and oh so important. It'll be a true celebrity who's just made an, an awesome entry into our village of Rich Hill. But here in Matthew, that's not quite what we see. Well, we see Jesus, who is a man far more important 
than the greatest of footballers and far more awesome than the greatest celebrity. But we see him entering the city not boastful on the equivalent of a shiny car or a plane. He's not in a white horse or shining chariot. But as he enters the city, we simply see a lonely man riding in on a donkey. Why? Well, simply because Jesus is a humble king. You see, in a world obsessed with, with self and self-promotion, where others, we're showing others how great and powerful we are is the most important thing to us, well, we're given the example in this passage of someone who isn't seeking after fame or celebrity, but we see one who makes the intentional choice to display humility. We see a humble king. And so tonight, if you are part of Jesus' kingdom, if you're part of God's people, well, how in your life are you seeking to demonstrate humility? Because it's a unique mark of the person of Jesus that someone so powerful and so awesome would choose to be humble, would choose to show humility. And so if you're a Christian here tonight, well, your king is a humble king. And so he calls us as his people to lead lives marked by humility. Just as we were thinking about this morning that God calls us to lead humble lives. And so Jesus, the true and better king, he is a humble king. But what we also see from this passage is that he's the king who brings us salvation. We see in verse four and five of this passage that by riding on this donkey into Jerusalem that Jesus is actually fulfilling a prophecy that something that was spoke many, many, many years ago is actually now coming true as Jesus rides into Jerusalem. Look down with me if you have a Bible to, to verse five. You'll spot that this verse is, is a quotation from the Old Testament from a book called Zechariah. And in Zechariah chapter nine, verse nine, uh, this is what we read. Zechariah, it's a book, just a few books back from Matthew if you want to flick to it yourself. It says this, chapter nine, verse nine. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. You see, Zechariah prophesied that the true and better king would one day in fact ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Zechariah, he, he predicted this. And so in the, in the 21st chapter of Matthew, that prophecy, that prediction that Zechariah spoke about nearly 550 years before Jesus was even born, well, it actually now comes true. And so it proves to all of us this evening that the true and better king that Zechariah spoke of is actually Jesus. Now look again at, at verse five. As we just read the, the original words from Zechariah, you might've noticed that it seems that Matthew has forgotten to include a line from, from the text in Zechariah. He seems to have forgotten the line, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he. Righteous and having salvation is he. And in fact, it's a very important line because it reminds us that salvation is brought to us by Jesus alone. 
And so it begs the question, why then would Matthew not include this line as he quotes this passage from Zechariah? Well, you notice that the rest of the prophecy that Matthew, Matthew quotes is very specific because it's specifically talking about how, as we've already thought, that the true and better king will enter the city on a donkey. It's a prophecy that is fulfilled completely and perfectly the very moment that Jesus rides into Jerusalem. But this line, righteous and having salvation is he. Well, it's a prophecy, it's a statement about the true king that cannot be limited to one single moment. You see, this prophecy that the true and better king is a king who is righteous and one that has salvation, it's not fulfilled simply just at the moment Jesus enters Jerusalem, but it's a prophecy that is fulfilled completely and perfectly in the person of Jesus himself. It shows us that Jesus alone is the one who brings salvation, not simply just as he enters the city, but in his whole life death and resurrection. See, as Matthew excludes this line in his gospel, he points us forward to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, where he brings us salvation. Now, maybe you're here tonight and that word salvation is strange to you. Maybe you aren't quite sure what it means, or maybe you've never heard it before at all. Well, that word salvation, it's a word used in the Bible, and it simply means rescue or deliverance. And so really what Matthew is trying to help us to understand is that Jesus longs to rescue and deliver us. And so when we say that Jesus offers us salvation, what we really mean is that Jesus rescues and delivers us. Well, he rescues us. He rescues us from hell, from death, from sin, and from all sorts of evil, and he delivers us. He delivers us to himself so that each of us will be able to experience faith and contentment and joy in him. You see, Matthew 21 is clear that Jesus alone is the true and better king, the king who is humble and the king who offers us salvation. And so, friends, as we conclude tonight, we simply have one question to ask ourselves, and it's this. How will we respond to this king, to the true and better king? How will we respond to the king who displays humility and who brings us salvation? What is your response tonight? How do you respond to the salvation that Jesus alone freely offers you? Because the offer of salvation, the offer of rescue, and deliverance is for each and every one of us tonight. It's offered to you. And let us remind ourselves that the salvation he offers did in fact cost Jesus his very life. And so this salvation is not cheap, but the good news is that he has already paid the price for you. And so all we need to do to receive this salvation that Jesus offers, all that is required of us is to confess that he is the true and better king. To confess that, yes, we have sinned, we have opposed his rule. We've went our way instead of the king's way. 
and ask that he would help us to love and honor him. Will you do that tonight? You see, Jesus truly is the true and better king. He is the king who is humble. He is the only king who offers us salvation, the only one who can rescue you from your sin and deliver you to himself. So how will you respond to the king tonight? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us this evening. We thank you that your son, Jesus, really is the true and better king. We thank you for the example of his humility and his offer of salvation to each of us tonight. Might your spirit help each of us to respond to him in worship tonight. We pray all these things in Jesus' very name. Amen.